Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Now, I want to talk to you about antisocial behaviour because I don't know whether you watched the video that was circulating on WhatsApp last night. Groups of teenagers clashed at Hoth yesterday where brave paramedics and officers were assaulted while trying to tend to an injured boy. Um, I believe there was a hospitalisation. Rival groups engaged in a running battle down the pier where missiles and bricks were reportedly thrown as they went and at least three people were treated for injuries at the scene. One 16-year-old boy fell off the edge of the pier onto the rocks down below uh, during the course of this disturbance. Now, I watched the video, by the way, and to watch these, I'd say about 100 or so, running at the same time, um, it was that they were like they were feral. That's, that's the only word I can use to describe these children. And they were children. They were average age, probably 14 or 15 years of age. One guy up the front, throwing shapes, the alpha male, everyone else following him, heading towards another gang for a bit of conflict. What is it all about? Today, I want to talk about... Well, I don't want to talk about that particular instance and such because we all know that's wrong, right? Because it's currently under investigation... But it brings up the question of what can be done about antisocial behaviour in youths. Over the last year, we've seen some horrific incidents involving teenagers as young as 14 years of age. When you see this happening, who do you blame? Do you blame the parents? Do you blame society for not giving them enough to do? That was always the argument. There's another board, Noel. We need to give them more things to do. When I was a young fella, I had nothing to do. But I didn't run down whole pier in gangs beating up other people. You know, I didn't push people under, uh, you know, dart trains. I didn't do all of those things. Why, I wonder. And myself and Ashton had a little conversation about it the other day, or just say yesterday. And we were asking, are people born bad? Do you believe people are born evil? And my theory, for what it's worth, is I think we're all born the same. I think every single last one of us. I don't believe anybody's bad from the day they're born. Or maybe they are. And we're socially conditioned to be good. Because as human beings, by the way, we're nine times in the animal kingdom, we're nine times more likely to kill each other than any other animal in the animal kingdom. Did you know that? So we're natural predators. But from the day that we're born, we're socially conditioned with good morals. So all you can say to that is, well, then it's the people who raise them who are not socially conditioning them properly. So we blame the parents. Is that the answer? But then the parents can only do so much. Society, they say it takes a village to raise a child. Society has a huge role in that too. Providing children and young people with things to do, to some degree. Providing them with a good education. Uh, providing them with somewhere nice to live. All those things are all factors in how a child will grow up. I mean, it's no coincidence that a lot of the children who are involved in antisocial behaviour come from particular working class areas. That's not a coincidence. That's a factor of society. I'm not suggesting, by the way, there aren't bad kids in Dawkey and Malahide and Portmartic and all the nice areas too and Hoth and all those other places. But certainly if we look at the statistics, working class areas do produce a lot more antisocial behaviour. For a reason, because it's a societal issue. But it's also a parental issue. But I want to know who you blame. And... Do you believe the problem lies with parents or do you believe the problem lies with society and the government and how much money we invest into young people? I want to know what you think. The number is 087 Many people will say it's the parents who are at fault for this because they're not keeping a close eye on their teenagers and their kids have nothing to do in certain areas and end up getting into trouble and up to mischief. And we often hear uh, that, I suppose, the saying, there's no such thing as a bad kid, it's just a bad parent. But is that really the case? 
who should be held accountable for this growing problem, and it is a growing problem, of antisocial behaviour all over the country. I only seen it obviously yesterday in Hoth, but it's all over the country. It's happening everywhere. Who should be held responsible? Because somebody has to be responsible so we can fix it. Otherwise, we can't fix it. The number is 087-188-0008. I'm going to give you uh, something to text in here. Parents or society? Society includes the government, by the way. So parents or society? Whose fault is it that these kids grow up to be feral teenagers? Let me know what you think. The number is 087-188-0008. Connor, you're in Ireland's Classic Kids. How are you doing, Connor? Hey, how's it going, all hurting? Good. Uh, Connor. I, I don't know where you saw the video yesterday, uh, you know, in Hoth, but but look, mind you, it's nothing new. There's been scenes just like mm-hmm. that all over, the, all over the country over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. But but in saying that, whose fault is it? I'm a firm believer in what's in the cat comes out in the kitten. Right, what's, <laughs> in, the, what's in the cat comes out in the kitten. Tugs breeding yeah. tugs, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, I mean, look, uh, I, I come from a nice part of Dublin. I, I live in Malahide, and um, people would see Malahide as, kind of snobby, posh area, but like Dundee or, you know, uh, South South Dublin, um, certain, certain, certain... Docky like, or something, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. And, and there would never be any problems. Well, we have been bombarded for the last six to eight weeks, especially when the good weather comes out, of tugs coming up, getting on the dart from wherever they're coming, not going to name places, um, there's certain places that they're, they're getting on the dart and the train and they're stopping off in Malahide. And they're just coming down, causing trouble. I mean, yeah, there was a video to circulate. I did, of the guy up on the roof of the car. I saw yeah, that one, yeah. Yes, yeah. And look, my daughter goes down there with her friends and she sits in the green. Um, There's the, the two things here, right? Um, so now, do, but just firstly, what what actually yeah. happened in, in Malahide Village that day? So a group yeah. of teenagers, a large group of teenagers, by the way. Um, yeah. The, they the, kind the, of invaded the, the village. Yeah, I mean, look, that, that, that's happening all the time, especially when the sun comes out. Just look at the seaside uh, village, and you know, you're going to get that anyway. You can't stop that. But it's just certain crowds are coming from certain places in the north of Dublin. Uh, they're they're pinpointing Malahide. There's robberies going on. There's, there's uh, women getting their handbags stolen. Um, it's an absolute disgrace. On this occasion, it was a young chap. I think he, I think he's from the local area, and he was running away from a gang of guys from a gang of lads. Now. What happened was that this car, nothing got to do with anything, just was at the traffic lights, which is right beside the the, uh, the church yep. in the village. And it just stopped because the lights have obviously, had obviously gone red. And uh, the young guy, to, to try and get away from this this gang, jumped up on the bon- the boot of the car and then up onto the roof of the car and stood there while the all the, the, the crowd, it was like a scene of Mad Max. I, did, I, I saw <laughs> it, I saw it. It was incredible they changed, to watch. They changed, they were swiping chains at the, at the guy's feet so he would fall off the top of the car. And um, if that was me now in my car, I would have slowly drove away. <laughs> but, um, where, um, I mean, these, these young people, where, did they come from the dart station in Malahide? Is that yeah. where they originally came from? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, and what what is the guard of Shikana? Because obviously the third duty of us to keep the mm. peace. What is their yeah. response, both in the area and in other areas generally well, in relation? Well, unfortunately, Malahide, we 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 have a the the, the, the station is no longer open twenty four hours. It closes at a certain time because crimes like, don't happen after six o'clock. Yeah, uh, yeah of course. Like, yeah. It's like coke doesn't happen after eleven o'clock at night. Well, you, well, well, we can blame Alan Shatter on that one. <laughs> Alan Shatter was the man responsible for justice at the time we closed a lot of guard stations and took and pulled back the money. Yeah, but go on. Exactly, yeah. So, unfortunately, we're, we're, we're at that point where we don't have a, a footfall of, 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 of Gardaí. Now, since this has happened, um, every weekend since then, uh, we've had a good footfall. I think they've come in from Swords and Kulak area, 
Uh, they're patrolling a lot more patrol paddy wagons going around. But then that makes Malahide look like an absolute kit. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> you know? Okay, so I mean, you can't have a boat ways, but No, you can't have a boat ways, yeah. but it looks, it, it's ridiculous looking like. I mean, this is an area uh, that, that, that enjoys. Uh, you can come out and enjoy a walk, a nice coffee, or go for a, you know, a nice meal. It's not a place where we're going to have, as I call them, apes going around in hoodies. That's yeah. all they are. Yeah. Okay, so and you believe these apes in the hoodies are apes in hoodies because their parents were obviously apes in hoodies at one point in their lives. But I mean, but but I know, I know. Well, I've heard stories, anecdotal stories of good parents, well-rounded parents, professional parents. You know, who raise their children well. They'll have four children. Three of them are perfectly fine, and one of them is a nutcase. Yeah, I mean that happens too, doesn't it? Is it not sometimes the kids just mix with the wrong children, the wrong peer group? It's your it's your responsibility as a parent to see the signs. Okay. No matter what, it's like a teacher in school. You could have 29 kids in the class, 28 could be absolute darlings, and there's one bad egg, right? But it's your responsibility as a teacher or a parent to see what is the issue there. Sort it out. If they need counselling, if they are a bit messed up in the head over something, get them to counselling or sit down and talk to them. I'll I tell you one thing. I'm not from Dublin Ridge. I'm from the, from the country. Uh, when I was growing up, if my dad uh, or, or my mom found out that I was going around slapping somebody in the head or in school, I would be killed stone dead. I oh, would no, go, as I would, never yeah. lay your hand I wouldn't be here today. If, that, if my father found out that I was involved in anything like that, I wouldn't be here today. Exactly, but it's, but it's all the rules are different now. You can't touch kids, you can't do this, you can't discipline, you show discipline, or you're a bad parent, and don't be too hard on poor Billy or poor Mary. Fact that no way. I'm okay, well, well, stay there for a second. I think social media certainly helped. As somebody pointed out as well, because these kids can arrange to meet as well. But Sharon, you're in Ireland's classic kids. How are you doing, Sharon? Hi, Niall. Good. How are you? Good, Sharon. I mean, so I mean, obviously, Connor is putting the blame squarely on the parents. That if you have a 14 year old Johnny or Mary, you should know where they are. Yeah, well, he's right. You should, but not all parents do, unfortunately. And I don't know how we would change that, except to. Um, well, look, this is my idea. I want to keep it positive. In Eastern Europe, a lot of the kids dance, you know, and they do all kinds of things. Get them dancing. Get them singing. Get them out doing things. There's painters among them. There's all kinds, right? Mm-hmm. They just, at that age, they're very young and they run with the herd. It's just the way a lot of them are. And then they get into all this, this trouble. So you're suggesting, but, I mean, I, mean, I, I remember talking. Yeah, yeah, but Sharon, I remember talking about this many years ago and yeah. this argument that, you know, at the time we were talking about Limerick and I was talking about Tala, there was a whole thing about get Tala working and all that kind of stuff because there was a lot of joyriding. This is about 20 years ago in Tala. And the argument constantly, say, from local councillors was we need to give them more things to do. Now, in Tala and in Limerick at the time when this problem was arise, they had more things to do than anywhere else, but they still were still doing what they were doing. You know, so I, I don't I don't believe there's an obligation to provide, you know, a 15-year-old with something to do to stop him from getting into trouble. No, but, but it would be a positive way of, of maybe, try, you know, maybe try it. Mm-hmm. I mean, at 14, they're still very impressionable and they're, still, they're able to change. You know, they should be told not to follow the gang, but sometimes that doesn't happen. But say the guard gets them, right? Uh, they're in trouble, they get charged. And they're told, you've got to do this for so many weeks, whatever. Community you service. Know, and like a community yeah, some, service. Some, some, something like that. Or maybe maybe a bit of community service and then also maybe pick one subject in the arts that you've got to do for a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me that wouldn't stick, Niall. That would stick with some kids and they would go, oh... A whole and I, and I agree with you. I, and I think that would make a difference to some children's lives. But going back to what Connor is saying, 
if they're going back home, you know, let's say they're they're told to join a drama class for three weeks, or they're told to you know paint the fence on the local library with a group of lads for painting the fence. So, but they're still going home to the bad parents who really don't care about them. Yeah, well, then I guess the parents, the police, should call to the door and maybe there should be a fine or something because that would cut it out pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, I Connor. Uh, well, let me let me go back to Connor. But Connor hitting them. I mean, look, there's two points Sharon raised, which are good points. We need to be more proactive in how we, I suppose, mm-hmm. embrace the qualities of young children who may not be academics, but they may be very, very good at be it football or dancing or drama, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And we need to focus mm-hmm. on that and, and obviously encourage that too. But going back to the parents, that if you hit them where it hurts, maybe a fine or something like that in the pocket. Look, you're dealing with a different, different mentality here, a different mentality of people who don't care about the law themselves. So if they don't care about the law themselves as a grown-up, their kids are going to see that. Now, if you remembered, on, on, uh, it was going around on Twitter or it was going around on, um, what do you call it, um, Instagram. There's a certain Dublin MMA fighter. Right, I think we all know him. I'm not going to mention his name. He yeah. he posted he posted a video of his three year old boy or four year old boy coming over to him, and basically the young fella said to him, um, "Oh, daddy, uh, I uh, that that boy was mean to me," and he said on video to his four year old boy, "You go over there and smack the head off, and come oh back God. and give me a high five. Now that's the mentality. That's what's going on. It, I tell you, young lads are watching these MMA fighters and they're all sticking their chests out. Did you ever see them, Niall, on, on Hope Fear? They're I dancing around on their feet and they're, they're, they're not actually even hitting each other. They're just dancing in front of each other. Like, <laughs> Get them dancing. Get them proper dancing. It's like predatorial behaviour, isn't it? But I mean, I, I did say to Ashton this morning, we looked at the video this morning in Hope, and I said, look at this guy. And there was a particular guy, I won't mention which one it was. But yeah. he was throwing the shapes. He was right up the front and he was throwing the shapes. And yeah. he was like your alpha male. And he had like four or yeah. five girls, young teenage girls, around him and the rest yeah. of the gang behind that. And I, so I said, I'm sure if a psychologist watched this, he could pinpoint yeah. exactly what's going on here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm, and, and, but, yeah. But, but actually doing nothing at the same time. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I know. I but, but, in, I but we do have a responsibility because all kids... Uh, you know, could end up like that. All kids, if we weren't such good parents, and most of us are good parents, right? And it is our job. I think, as I mentioned earlier on, in nature, as human beings, we are quite predatorial. We are quite selfish. That is within our nature. But of course, we're socially conditioned to have morals. We're socially conditioned not to commit crimes. And we're socially yeah. conditioned not to kill each other as much as we'd like to every now and again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're socially conditioned not to do those things. Unfortunately, if you don't have people who are good at socially conditioning, i.e. parents, good parents, that's going to go awry, isn't it? Yeah, yeah one but, point, well, but sorry, Sharon. Yeah, go ahead, Sharon. One point, Niall. <laughs> okay, maybe you don't get what Get the girls dancing and the boys will follow. <laughs> yeah, they probably well, well, maybe they maybe they will. But stay there for a second. Let me go to Peter as well. Oh, hold on, I just turned on there. Peter, how are you doing? You're in Ireland's classic kids. How's it going, Noel? How's, How's it going, you? Peter? Okay, so Peter, you're one man as a young boy, and I hate to remind you and people all the time, but I do like to remind listeners, in case of new new listeners, who went awry as a young teenager, and uh, yeah. you know, and went the wrong direction. So, what would have stopped you going the wrong direction? Um, not a lot, to be honest with you, Noel. Uh, it's easy for people to come on and say, blame the parents, but like, what do you do with a runaway teenager that just won't listen? You know, if like my father often come out looking for me at 12 o'clock at night when I was told to be in at 10 o'clock, and I paid no regard to him at all, and he'd grab me by the scruff of the neck and bring me home, 
and as soon as I was in the bedroom, I'd jump out the bedroom window and I'd be gone back out. And it's very hard. Like People can easily say, you know, it's the parents' fault. But as you said, there's professionals, there's people out there that have four children and one turns out to be the black sheep of the family. Not by aunt that the parents don't, but by the, probably the company that the person is keeping and by what, what surrounds the person. Now, I, don't, I never done, like, I was a bad person, but I never went out in a group and hurt somebody or, or, like, what's going on now at the minute. And these people are doing this because of social media, that they can get a video put up and everyone's like, oh, look at what we've done. And it's just, social media is a, is a bad thing for young people now at the minute as well. Mm-hmm. They want all the likes, they want to be popular. And for some of the people that are going around on these pairs and all, that's, that's, their life, like, I want to be popular on Facebook, look what I've done, or I got arrested, it's like they're notching up little little notches and little trophies that I'm this and I'm that, and that's what they get their, their buzz off. I mean, that is a good point, Connor. Social media, and Sharon, social media has made it, A, a lot easier for these people to meet up because they can arrange on Instagram or Snapchat or whatever it is mm-hmm. they use nowadays uh, to meet up. Mm-hmm. And not only that, you know, uh, as he point, rightly points out, and, and I'm surprised sometimes when you see somebody videoing themselves, beating somebody else up, because obviously the evidence is there in video, but they don't seem to care. It's the achievement, because they know they can't be under the age of 18. They're not going to end up in jail anyway. So it's the achievement, isn't it? Yeah, it, look, yeah. It, it is. I, I, agree, I agree with that chap there. And um, and look, I'm not saying that every single parent out there is to blame for it because this is, this is, a, um, this is an issue that, that is happening with this single individual, okay? This is unfortunately a mental state that this, this child is in. Now, whether it's got to do with, um, look, I, I don't know, something that happened from an experience in school or something that happened at home, I don't know. But... It's the parents' role to see. So, so that chap there, like he used to come in at twelve o'clock at night, or and when he come in, he jump out the back window. But like that's that's the role of the parents to understand. Sit the child how down can, and go. Why are you doing? Well, well, I thought, I, I, okay, I by the way, can, can I just say as well, just in relation to the story you told earlier on about the MMA fighter, he, somebody said WhatsApp and says he didn't say that. Uh, tell him to explain the story correctly. Connor's son was being bullied and one boy hit him and Connor said, champ, hit him back and he won't do it again. I know you don't like uh, this particular MMA person and hope you correct that, man. Thanks, Shane. But that's more or less exactly what he kind of said. That's, well, I did say that. Yeah, he, he did. He just paraphrased it. He did say that. <laughs> well, I don't know why you're correcting him when that's actually what he said. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. But, the, but, the, but that's, would... that's the mentality. That's the mentality. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's about the mentality of certain people with their children. They don't actually understand what is going on with the child. Yeah, but, 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 but I, the, I, well, I will say, and, I, and I'm not one to defend MMA fighters, right? But I will say, when my father, you know, when, when I come home from school and said somebody hit me, my hmm. father would say, did you hit him back? So my father would have said that to me. Now, that didn't necessarily mean that I went out and did it. But my father would have been always the one to say to me, don't, don't be a punch bag, you know. And so I, I don't see anything really inherently wrong with that. Now, don't get me wrong. I do believe that some of these MMA fighters, and not just the one in particular, are a great influence on children. I don't believe many of them are. I don't believe aggression is a great influence on children. I mean, for example, when I was young, we didn't watch professional boxing and stuff like that. You had that silly wrestling on in the afternoon on Saturday with Big Daddy and a giant haystacks, which was all rehearsed and looked silly. Anyway, uh, keep texting, keep WhatsApping. 
numbers 087 I'll come back to you in a second uh, whose fault is it is it society or is it parents when children grow up bad statement isn't it it's the parents fault for having them in the first place but you want to ban parents from having children it's not the poor that brings up the, uh, their kids. The wealthy parents also let their little brats go wild around the place too. Uh, but they get away with it because they're posh and live in well-to-do areas. Well, I wouldn't disagree necessarily with everything you said there. But look, if we look at the stats, we can generally see that most antisocial behaviour does ha- generally happen uh, you know, from working class areas. That's just statistically true. Uh, I'm not saying there isn't bad kids in nice areas. There is. Somebody says, by the way, in relation to your caller, Peter, can you ask him what he would do if his own child grew up like him? Oh, okay, but you can, Peter, you can answer that yourself. Yeah, well, just the other day, <clears throat> my child is only 12, he's turning 13, and um, he asked me, could he go out? And I asked him, what was he going to do? And first of all, he told me he was going to play football, so I was like, yeah, no bother. And then he said, then I'll probably go around the shops with the lads. And I said, no. And he said, why? I said, because you're not going to hang around with nothing to do. If you the purpose for going out and something to do, I'll let you go out. But if you're going to just hang around, that's when bad things happen. And he knows the life I came from. He knows the the history I have. Um, do you, do you think, that, Peter, sorry for interrupting you, but do you think you're a little bit overprotective as a parent because you look back at your life and it was such a mess? And you look back and say, I don't want my kids to make the same mistakes I made, so I'm going to make sure I kind of overdo it and maybe overcompensate. Yeah, in a way. Well, I've always tried to keep him close with me anywhere I go, anything I do, always bring him with me, always talk to him, always have a good relationship with him. And I explained to him the other night when he wanted to just go and hang around. I look, when groups of young lads hang around with nothing, no purpose or they're just sitting around the shop, that's when things happen. One fella says, I dare you to do this or I dare you to do that. Next thing you know, you're in trouble. So he understood that I was, I was protecting him and he understood like he, he was he was wise enough to know, all right, so I'm not going to just go and hang around the shop or... Just and and is that the problem, that maybe parents are not communicating properly with their children, i.e., you know, we leave Johnny or Mary to sit and play the PlayStation all day, we don't really have the same relationship that our parents would have had, we don't go out with them much, we don't walk to the park with them, we don't, you know, generally bring them with us anymore because they'd rather stay, you know, if, like when I was going to the shop, I used to nickname my children Velcro because anywhere I went, they just went with me, Right. And because we wouldn't have the same technology, whereas nowadays children tend to, oh, no, I'm not going to shop with me, Dharma. I'll stay at home, play me station, PlayStation or so, whatever it is. In other words, we don't have the same connection with them anymore. Is that part of the problem? No, I I think when when we were growing up, well, you were a bit older than me, Noel, let's say about 10, 20 years. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Peter. But um, when we were growing up, it was completely different. There was hardly any computers. I think the Atari was only out when I was growing up. And uh, it was different back then, like those, six or seven kids in one family and you got lost sort of on going out to play football. Okay, see you later. I make sure you're back, you know, for your dinner. I make sure you're back when it starts to get dark. And that was it. Like you had no, you hadn't even got a watch to tell you what time to be back at. And your mother and father just took it out. You were going playing football. And then nowadays it's like, it's completely different. You know, with social media, mm-hmm. with them playing their playstations and computers and all. But, I did have a good relationship with my mother and father up until the point where the boys were more important than what my mother and father said. No, I know, I, and I get that as well. I think everybody has a duty as well. Thanks, Peter, for sharing that with us. I think everybody has a duty as well to know exactly where your children are. Niall, I just wanted to say 
that this topic really gets to me. I think Dublin that we're living in today is run by teenagers. If it's not at a shop and you can't get in because of bikes and their attitudes, it's roaming around anywhere that's nice on a sunny day. And then that woman is saying, get them into dancing, which is, is fair enough. But you see, you see Dublin City Council pumping money into playgrounds and community centres and then they're destroyed a week later. I just feel like there needs to be tougher punishments and parents do need to take responsibility and know where your teenager is. We all have to and especially if they're in gangs like I I often wonder do they see the videos on social media do they recognise their own kids and what happens after that because we all see the videos. Yeah I was thinking that too when you see your teenager doing something bad on social media you know do do you actually recognise your own teenager from those videos they must. Niall what I think is wrong here is we're going to end up paying for them either way when they're out in the streets being scum we're paying them because they're all drawing the dole I can't see any of them going out doing a hard day's work and if they get arrested and they're put into jail we're paying for them either way I think that's very wrong to be fair you know the, the hard working lad has just gone out doing a yeah absolutely I get it Hi Niall um, I totally agree with Peter there um, I have six children and neither me or their dad has ever ever been in trouble with the law for anything at all and four of my children are no problem, grew up no problem, and two unfortunately causes many, many years of heartache. And one in particular because it was just a toxic, toxic relationship she was in and she ended up in trouble. And I've another child and with him it was who he hung around with. And I used to go out all hours in the morning looking for him and all. And he used to just get out the window, he used to wait till I was asleep and go out. And he got into terrible trouble and all because of he started smoking weed at a young age. So I don't agree that you always blame the parents, as I say, because sometimes you can do your best and it's their friends who will have more influence on them than you will ever have. Thank you. Absolutely. A point well made. And and certainly their peer groups and the people they hang around with. Um, And this is what comes back to what I said when you're in a particular area where there might be a lot of kids who get themselves into trouble on a regular basis and you have a high rate of antisocial behaviour. Well, then they have more opportunities to mix with the wrong children. Is your woman Sharon for real? Get them all singing and dancing and all. (laughs) Has she actually seen these little scumbags that go around? Singing and dancing is the foolish thing from the bleeding mind. And if they are dancing, they're also bleeding heads on whatever them bleeding LSD things and bleeding the little capsule yolks. And Jesus Christ, Sharon, wake up and smell the coffee, Mrs. will you? I don't, I don't think she's talking about all, I think she was talking about before they get to that point. Yeah, if you get what I'm saying. Niall, a fine won't work. The parents might even have the money to pay for it, okay? The kids don't care about the fine if their man and dad's paying for it or not. The best thing to do with them is change the laws. If they do anything like that, if they're acting a maggot around the street, you grab them, you stick them in a cell, all right, for a couple of nights, and you leave them there and let that get around and they won't do it again. Cheers, pal. Yeah, tough love. See what I mean? Mary, you're in Ireland's classic kids. How you doing, Mary? Hi. Well, he's got a good point. Well, you've, there's two ways of tackling this. You know, softly, softly, like Sharon said, and getting them before they get into trouble and giving them something to do. Yeah. Or when they do something wrong, you know, a bit of tough love. In America, they throw them in a cell. Yeah, I know what you mean. But you really want to rear them. You don't want to drag them up. No. Um, what we seem to not do in this country is invest in them. Now, my third child is a teacher and she had her phone. She traveled. But she always knew what she wanted to do because 
she had the most wonderful um, principal in the school. And he taught her at a very young age, if you lose them, if you don't have them on board, by the time they go to second level, you've lost them. Mm-hmm. So we don't, this might sound a bit esoterical when I'm going to tell you this now. When I went to school, I went to school in England. England that's my... I detected you know, the accent there. Yeah, yes, Mary, I my, did. Yeah, not my choice. Anyway, um, it might sound strange, but we used to get a meal every day in school. Okay? Yeah. A hot meal yeah. and, a, and a dessert. Now, it starts with something as simple as that. Well, we do, you know, we do that in desh schools, and we do that in school in areas, you know, where underprivileged people live. But, so but we do that. it should be across the board. Okay. They're at school for an education. And they can't get educated properly unless they feel, number one, that they're not hungry. And number two, they're wanted. Now, the best way to tell a child outside the home that they're wanted is feed them. Mm-hmm. There's nothing in place. There's no after school. There's no, a lot of the, even in the south side, the schools here, with no gymnastics, no, nothing. There's nothing in the school curriculum about exercise or gym or anything like that. It's an absolute disgrace. So in other words, get them involved in stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You start them young. We give them the bare minimum, come in, sit them down on on a seat, teacher stands up in front of them, talks at them all day, then they get up, go home. Well, let let me counter that argument by saying I'm 57. When I went to school, I went to a Christian Brothers school and before that, uh, a St. Malachy school. Okay, And there wasn't a huge amount for us given to us to do. Our teachers did speak down to us and give out to us constantly and and physically abuse us on a regular basis. Right. But that's the thing. There was no investment in you either. Yeah, but I did. But I didn't turn out bad. So then why is that? They didn't have the distractions they have now. Um, And they're allowed. They're like... um, the distractions they have is like a babysitter, you know? Instead of the interaction between human beings out playing or with the parents, etc., and seeing that there's some interest in them and some input, they find the distractions. Nowadays, there's too many of them. My young lad, well, the youngest, is not young anymore, but um, he used to say, oh, I'm going out with my friends. Where are you going? And he'd be about 14 at the time, 15. He says, we're just going into Dundrum Town Centre. I said, well, you're not. Because you don't have any money, and neither do they. So you're just so going if, to hang around, yeah. Yeah, but if one of them did something wrong, you're in the group, and you're going to get picked up as well. So you're not going down there. There's too much temptation. And I was, and people give out to me when I say this. Up to the age of my kids were 16 or 17 years of age. Mm. I knew where they were all the time. People yes. said, oh, no, you didn't. You didn't. And I, I did. did. I genuinely knew where they were all the time. They would so, like you not to know, because they don't. Mm-hmm. You will get criticised if you work hard on your children. You'll get talked about in the street during the little coffee mornings because you put the time in, you put the effort in, and they don't. They'd like you to come down to their level. So strict parenting is what you're talking about. Well, no. Yeah, well, I mean, it is. I mean, by the way, I'm not, I'm not having a go. There's nothing yeah. wrong with strict. There's nothing no, wrong I with saying that. to your 14-year-old, you can't hang around the Dundrum Town Centre. There's nothing wrong with that. That's good no, parenting. Strict, par- strict parenting to me would mean that you get lashed. You know what I mean? That you would you'd get smacked. There'd be something physical in it. I mean, you, you me, take I mean, take the situation yesterday in Hoth. So you have about 100 yeah. kids running, I don't know if you've seen the video, running yeah. down Hoth uh, Pier, you know, and mm. most of them between the age of 13 and 16 years yeah. of age. So yeah. the parents of those 14-year-olds, uh, yeah. most of them average age 14, girls and boys, by the way, I, I saw both, the equal amounts of both. So the yeah. parents of those children, where do they think their 14-year-old was? Where are the parents? 
Because my 14-year-old wouldn't have been running down Hoth Head or Hoth yeah, Pier. What are they age. doing? They're, they're doing something that they're more interested in than their child. Do you know oh, what I mean? Yeah, but you know, I, I come back to it, it. It has to be everything. It's not just the parents. It's the fact that there was no investment in them either. Are we lazy? Well, when well, we I say we, have parents become lazy? In other words, it's easier for them not to care because we got used to that now with, as I said, with technology, with Playstations and everything else. Parents are downstairs watching the television. Kids upstairs playing the Playstation. I don't even mm-hmm. need a babysitter. Should the Playstation look after them for a while? In That's other words, it. and we're not really interested in them anymore. Is that is that the part of the problem now? Well, the, you can see interested. They don't even hold their hands crying out loud when they're crossing a road. Oh, I know. I remember that day that my daughter let go of my hand. Oh, <laughs> oh my heart was broke. There. My heart, Mary, I, she was 13. I always, and I tell the story all the time. I was at Harvey Norman's and we were yeah. crossing the road in the retail park and I held, she was 13 and I held her hand and she went, Dad, I'm 13. Yeah. And I went, yeah. oh my God. I felt so yep. bad. I, I just, and I remember the day that my son said he was leaving because he was going to get an apartment with his girlfriend and it broke my heart, even though he yes. was 22. <laughs> oh, no. I've been down that road. Oh, it's times. heartbreaking. It really is because you've invested so much in them I and you don't, want people, you don't want them to be with people who haven't invested. Now, the thing about it is I remember meeting an old lady and I, was, I came to pick up my eldest daughter from school and I was just chatting to her. She was the grandmother, obviously. And I said, you know, is it possible to over-cotton wool the children? Yeah. And she said, she said, no, because they will find their own level of people. So, wait, so you're saying it's not possible to over-parent them. Okay, we'll stay with that thought for a second. Let me go to Nicola as well. Nicola, you're an Ireland's classic kids. How you doing, Nicola? Oh, I'm going to get it no, now. No, no, yeah. you're not. No, you're not. I think people agree with you. Uh, Nicola, I mean, obviously, is it, firstly, is it possible to over-parent a child, Nicola? I don't know. I, I don't think so. Well, okay. maybe. You, like, you can't wrap them in cotton wool, obviously. Yeah. But they need to be out there and they need to experience what the world is like because it's not all rainbows and butterflies. No, it's not. Mm. You know, but I personally, I think everyone's to blame. Parents, society, yeah. the government. Yeah. Everyone is to blame. I agree with you. Okay. Um, but I think a good stint, a year or two in the army would sort them out. Okay, so... They bring but... in something like that, stick them in the army, they learn discipline, respect, and... Whatever else they learned. But the that army, was the way it was years ago. If, well, they uh, should bring it back then. Yeah, particularly young men, of course. Women didn't join the army many, many all years women, ago. They do, women should they go do now. Because it's yeah. not all young lads that are causing Absolutely. this trouble. I think women should be sent there as well. And they won't be long sorting them out then. Yeah, I mean, when you had a wayward child or a wayward young fella, you know, going back 30 years ago, who didn't really have a direction in life, they tended to join the army. And, and that yeah, would knock did, sense Did they go on their free will or were they forced to go? I think there was a bit of both, probably. Yeah, I think if you have a kid but, like that, and I agree they with you, trouble with the guards, then they should they should just say, look, you've gotten in trouble too many times now. Yeah. You have to yeah. do X amount of time in the army because, look, you have to invest in the younger generation because they're the yeah. ones coming behind us. Okay, well let's well, let's not get to that point, Nicola, where you know at eighteen years of age or seventeen years of age they join the army. Let's get in there before that happens. No, younger. Yeah, 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 younger. Well, so what do we do about 14-year-old Johnny and Mary? They're not going to go into the army. Too late. Why not? You think so? Like a kind of, you Why know, not? a boot camp situation? Boot yeah. camp, yeah. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Why not? Like, if, if, like I said, some parents out there couldn't give a damn about yeah. their kids. Um, I'm not one of them. I love my kids. I do mm-hmm. the best I can for them. Um, How old are they? How old are your kids, Nicola? They're, my kids are 10 and 8. 
okay, so they're still a bit young yet. They are, yeah. But, but like will you, will you let your 14-year-old, like if your 14-year-old comes into you and says, as Mary talked about the few minutes, uh, Ma'am, just going out and hang around with friends. We're just going down to the shopping centre. Okay, you okay with that? At 14? Well, I'd need to know what his friends are like. If they're a troublemaker, it's not an ocean. Right, but if he's no, but if he's as Mary said, he'd no money. So why is he going to the shopping centre? He's not going to be buying anything. He's just going to hang around. Well, that's the thing. You see, with my kids, we're teaching them about money now, and we give them pocket money when they do chores around the house to to make them understand how money works. And then once a month, then they'll pay a euro in rent. It's just to teach them. Well, that's a good you know, idea. when you're older, this is what you're going to have to do. So. When they do their so your ten year old is paying rent. Your ten year old well, is only, a, he's a lodger. Like, euro. <laughs> yeah. like he's like fifteen euro already because he's been so good with all the chores. Right. But then we'll just ask him for a euro, and it's the same with my other son. He's eight as well. Just give us a euro there. It's just to prepare you for when you're older. You're going to have to be paying rent as a, as an adult. Does he officially go down as Ashling? Does he officially go down as the youngest lodger in Ireland? Yeah. <laughs> But I have to say, what a wonderful idea, because you're right, you're teaching them the value of money, you're teaching them that life isn't free, and you're teaching them that they have to get a job at some point in their life. They're not going to learn all this in school, because a teacher can only teach a child so much. They're not not babysitters. It has to come down to the parents, and children learn respect from their parents from day one. They don't learn it from a teacher. They have to learn it from their parents. If you saw your kid in that gang of 100 kids running down Hope Pier waiting to attack another kid. No, that's what I do. I kick his ass. And outside the door, he'd never go again. Right. He did that. But he'd, my son he'd be grounded. I know he wouldn't. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Never again. No, I'd never, I'd never trust him to go. If, if I knew my, any of my kids did something like that, mm-hmm. the trust is gone. Yeah. But, and I would have to regain that trust again yeah, over a period of time. Yeah, yeah, over a long time. But you see, like I said, the government needs to invest in the next generation because if, yeah. if these kids are doing this now, when they have kids of their own, monkey see, monkey do. Same thing. Same thing. They're go- and they're going to be worse. Yeah. Well, well, just, say, well, let's just say that for a second because Jerry disagrees with the army or the idea of the army. Jerry, you're an okay. Ireland's classic head. Say it in, Jerry. <laughs> How are you now? Jerry, I mean, going back in time, you were 26 years in the army, yeah? I was. Okay, but going back in time, back in the 60s and 70s, yeah. the army was generally a place for young men. It, there was no women in the army in those days, as such, mm-hmm. the Irish army and the defence forces. And it was a place where there were kids who maybe didn't have the best academics, mm-hmm. but wanted to learn a trade, uh, yep. went in uh, to learn a trade, or they, they didn't really know any better. Uh, you wanted to put a bit of discipline in them. That was the place for it, wasn't it? Not really, no. Mm, okay, well, not really, because look at the, look at the army is not for sorting out society's problems. The army is a voluntary organisation where you volunteer, volunteer to go in and serve your country. Now I came from an economic bad background, and I joined the army for economic reasons. But then I loved the job, and I stayed in for twenty six years. Mm-hmm. And for us to say that the army is going to solve the problems that we're parenting is not being done anymore. I see kids in the street at five and six in the evening, and the parents are nowhere to be found. There's kids now who don't know how to say please and thank you. Yeah, and where are the parents? Excuse me, hold on a second now. I'm a parent myself right. and I rear four kids. Yeah, and if me my too. my kids turned on and told me to F off, they get a slap across the oh. face and they could ring, and they could ring Tussle if they wanted to. Because what's happening is, is the kids, kids are walking over the parents. And all you have to do is walk around town and you'll hear kids giving out to their parents and the parents are going, oh no, Johnny, that's okay now, you're fine. <laughs> there's a point of being soft with the kids and there's a point of no return where... You need to meet the kid the way it's going to... T- if, if someone's treating you... If I go to you tomorrow morning on the street and give out to you and call you a bitch, which I've heard some kids calling their parents, would you tolerate that? 
then why would you tolerate it from your kid? I mean, I understand what you're saying, Joey. Now, I think we've moved on from the days where your, your dad would slap you across the face Absolutely. or whatever. But, but in saying that, are you saying to me that maybe we've gone too far in the other direction now and there is no discipline in the home? There's no None. discipline in the home. We've, we've taken an American model. Every time something happens in the States, we take the model the, on. The, the, the naughty step. Yeah, and then we put them in the corner and then... Dr. Phil. screaming. And I'll give you an example. My oldest girl threw tantrums in town one day. I left her on the path. I walked down the street. I slipped into a building. I watched her. She got up. She looked for me. She ran down and started crying. And I said, if you ever do that to me again, I'll just leave you there. I'm not lifting you. You don't have to smack a kid to get a point across. That's but there's true. kids yeah, who are six that. foot two and six foot three who are now dominating the mother and father in the home. Mm. You know but by the way, can I say that that's also a real problem that we must focus on another day. There are parents out there, particularly females, women, who are afraid of their own sons yeah, and their own absolutely. sons are hitting them. Yes. Because mm-hmm. they've nowhere to go. They've no home. But, they can't afford a house. And here we go. This comes back to what we talked about the other day about having a male role model in the home. And be, I, I know there's single parent families and I get that. So maybe an uncle or, or a granddad or somebody else. But having male role models as well as having female role models. I mean, there are parts of England now uh, that are being called, you know, they're, they're, um, they're, they're calling them male deserts, uh, where essentially, you know, kids are being raised by predominantly female teachers in primary school. They don't have male role models at home. They don't have male role models in their lives. And I do think it's important. And well, I not, can, uh, can I answer that with, a, with a, another thing is, there's some couples in the country who are married and the mother is the dominant person because the father's useless. Yeah, I would agree. And sometimes it's vice versa, where the woman is useless and the man is doing both the jobs. So there's, there's, a, there's a tilt every time and we can't just focus on the one issue. The issue is kids need to be told what's wrong and what's right. And when they're out in the street at night time drinking at whatever time in the day, at night, and the guards can do damn all about it because there's so many of them in you can't put them all in the one cop shop. Uh... Society broke down a long time ago. When the government turned around and said it was illegal for uh, a parent to chastise a child, I'm not saying beat them, but now they can ring Tuzzle down, Tuzzle will be down in five minutes and the mother will be put in the newspaper and the child is laughing because now they know how to use the system against their own parents. Well, like, nine, do you the kids that time that in Hoth where the girl was pushed on the train? Yeah, in yeah. Between the oh, train. yeah. Did anything happen to them kids? Well, well, I, we can't go into too much detail because three, I, I know the Guardian were questioning three particular children or teenagers in relation to that. So we can't go into it too much. But what happened in that situation? Yeah, an example of? Uh, absolutely. P- people involved in that or anybody who was involved in that, they literally, they could have killed that woman. They could have yeah, killed her. Yeah, they could have. Because if, if other kids see that they got away with it, well, they'll just say, well, they got away yeah, with so it. So in other words, when we see... It, to me. Yeah, okay, so when we see these videos or when we see these kids in Hoth yesterday, when we see other kids doing things wrong on video, you're saying that we should be very proactive in making sure it's just as public uh, as the event itself, which yeah. went to, goes out on WhatsApp yeah, and I all over. So. We should yeah. publicly make sure that these children are made examples of. Now, I'm not saying we name and shame because I don't believe that achieves anything, but certainly the children involved in that, we should make a point of saying those people involved in that particular incident, you know, yeah, were put into yeah, yeah, we're, guys, guys. we're given a community service or whatever. Unfortunately, kids don't go to jail. But well, the thing is, they have to be made, they have to be made accountable. This is the, the word yeah, in the yeah. day is accountable. And if I, had, maybe, if I yeah. was a judge in the morning and I'd have these guys, and I know I'm going to get a big backlash from this when I say it, I'd put the little scumbags in yellow suits and I put them on the main road picking up uh, paper for the whole of the summer. And I that's how I shame them. And I wouldn't shame the parents; I'd shame them. 
because what's mm. wrong is the parents can do nothing anymore. When they go to court, put a fu- put a fine on them, or does it, uh, you say to them, you can get a fine of whatever. The yeah, but the parents pay, end up paying it, not the child. But the only pardon. It's the parents in that are paying the fine and not the kids. Put the whole family out on the road then. They could clean that mess up in Temple Bar. Absolutely. (laughs) There you go. Mm -hmm. Problem solved. Yeah, because the council don't want to pay for it. (laughs) There's so many people (laughs) sitting on the backside. And here's a question for you. Why are your children (laughs) allowed to leave school before they do the leaving cert? Well, you were always allowed to leave school before at 16. Why is yeah. now, this day and age? Look, when I, I left school at 13, I'm working since I was 13 years of age. Yep. I've never been without a job. I never had time to cause trouble because I didn't, my mother would have kicked the living daylights out of me. And there was another good thing back in the day. was, And you remember this night, the old community guard. Yep. He'd give you a kick up the ass, slap across the back of the head and tell you go home. Yeah, there was and two of them in our area. Smiley and Knight Rider. And I remember being <laughs> afraid, afraid of my life at that Oh, night. we were terrified of them. Yeah. 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 And he'd give you a kick. Now, if the girl did it now, oh my God, there'd be a lawsuit and there'd be assault and it'd be... But that's why kids are doing what they're doing now because they know they can get away with it. Oh yeah, so they'll video the guards. If the guards pick on them, they'll just video the guards. That's that's all they do. And the guards then obviously have to be conscious of that. Listen, it's a wider conversation. Thank you very much indeed, Jerry. I appreciate you coming on the air. Nicola and Mary and everybody else who got involved in that conversation. Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hit.